It's great to be back. Um, I spent some time a couple Sundays ago in a meeting in Montana, right at the mouth of the Glacier National Park. It was my first trip to Montana. My family didn't get to go. Uh, uh, I went and uh, was in ministry. I spoke like seven times in a period of 72 hours there in a campground. And it was a tremendously rewarding ministry experience. About 1,500 to 2,000 people from Montana, uh, Washington, Oregon came into the mountains. And it was what is called a family camp. A lot of pastors, a lot of believers from that area. And uh, we had a wonderful time, saw some beautiful scenery. Last week, Haley and I celebrated uh, our anniversaries actually this week, but we celebrated last week on a trip and, and uh, created margin. We've always said revelation happens in the margin. That's where you write the things in the book or in the magazine when ideas come. And it was amazing to me how that proved true. Uh, in the last few days of last week, I was, God's given me ideas faster than I can write them down. I'm excited about them. And then at the end of this week, we get to spend some time with our kids. And we, we just value so much your graciousness uh, for allowing that to happen and your prayers that we have felt in this process as we connect with each other and with the Lord during this time. I want you to look with me to Job 16 and then Matthew 6 this morning. And let me explain animations, the series for the next several weeks the word animations is the act, it means the act, process, or result of imparting life, interest, spirit, motion, or activity. And our desire as teaching pastors in the next few weeks is to uh, animate our lives, basically. We hope to impart life and to set some positive things in motion as we use these animated classics to illustrate some key principles of the gospel. Now, Some of us that are super spiritual may be tempted to go all Pharisee on us today and over the next few weeks and feel like that we're a little too mature for this. But before you go there, remember that Jesus took everyday stories and brought them to life with his dynamic storytelling ability and taught us the mysteries of the kingdom through simple things. He used simple, relevant, attention-grabbing tools to communicate the gospel, and that's what we're going to do today and over the next several weeks. The make-believe world of these animated classics reveals a lot about human nature, a lot about the real world, and you probably never watched these films this way before. It was entertainment, and our hope is to give you a new set of lenses and some tools we're going to place into your hands so you watch all the films that you watch as a family through transformation lenses, spiritual growth and development lenses to teach your family the gospel. Today, what if toys actually came alive when we left the room? And when they came alive, what if they were like us in their emotions? What if they longed for peace and security and control when they were facing unexpected things in their life? What if toys mirrored us? Toy Story centers around Sheriff Woody and his owner Andy. And in this make-believe world where toys come alive, they are a lot like us. They are looking for peace and security and they desire to have everything under control like we do. You may be surprised as you look into this make-believe world of toys as to how closely what's going on in their life mirrors what's going on in yours The producers of this movie knew more than a little about human nature. Pull my string. The birthday party's today. Okay, everybody. 
Coast is clear. Ages three and up. It's on my box. Ages three and up. I'm not supposed to be babysitting Princess Drool. I don't get it. You uncultured swine. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Uh, hey, Sarge, have you seen Slinky? Sir, no, sir. Okay, hey, thank you. At ease. Hey, uh, Slinky? Right here, Woody. I'm ready this time. No, Slink. Oh, well, all right. You can be ready if you uh, want. No, not, not now, Slink. I got some bad news. Bad news? <laughs> Oh, thanks, Mike. Okay. Oh, whoa. Step back. Just... I ain't out loud. There you go. Thank you. Hello? Check. That better? Great. Everybody hear me? Up on the shelf? Can you hear me? Great. Okay. First item today. Uh, oh, yeah. Has everyone picked a moving buddy? What? Moving buddy? You can't be serious. Well, I didn't know we were supposed to have one already. Well, we have to hold hands. Oh, yeah. You guys think this is a big joke. We've only got one week left before the move. I don't want any toys left behind. A moving buddy. You don't have one? Get one. All right, next. Uh, oh, yes. Tuesday night's plastic corrosion awareness meeting was, I think, a big success, and we want to thank Mr. Spell for putting that on for us. Thank you, Mr. Spell. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, one uh, minor note here. Andy's birthday party has been moved. Today. Uh, next we have... What do you mean the party's today? His birthday's not till next week. What's going on down there? Is his mom losing her marbles? Well, obviously, she wanted to have the party before the move. I'm not worried. You shouldn't be worried. Of course Woody ain't worried. He's been Andy's favorite since kindergarten. Hey, hey, come on, potato head. If Woody says it's all right, then, well, darn it, it's good enough for me. Woody has never steered us wrong before. Come on, guys. Every Christmas and birthday we go through this. But what if Andy gets another dinosaur? A mean one. I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Hey, listen. No one's getting replaced. This is Andy we're talking about. It doesn't matter how much we're played with. What matters is that we're here for Andy when he needs us. That's what we're made for, right? Pardon me. I hate to break up the staff meeting, but... Meeting adjourned. Oh boy. Can you take a look at all those presents? I can't see a thing. Yes, sir, we're next month's garage sale fodder for sure. Any dinosaur shaped ones? Oh, for crying out loud. They're all in boxes, you idiot. They're getting bigger. Wait, there's a nice little one over there. Who's really in control? Who's in charge? In several ways, the movie keeps pushing that question our way. Sheriff's Woody is pretty confident that his owner, Andy, is the one in control. He loves to talk about Andy and how Andy's in charge, and Woody's okay with that, especially as long as nothing changes. Can you relate to that? 
God, you're in control of my life, my marriage, my home, my workplace. It's all yours. You're my owner. And we're all okay with that. We talk like that. We even have deeply spiritual statements affirming God's ownership of all that we are. But our spiritual speak confirming God's control of our life often goes by the wayside when things begin to change. Sudden tragedy, loss of a job, divorce, betrayal, death. Things happen that we didn't expect. The moment change or unexpected circumstances enter the room of our lives, worry settles in. Worry is the universal emotion that we all tend to feel when we sense change coming our way. Even though we like to sing the catchy song, don't worry, be happy, the universal emotion of worry has gripped all of us at one point or another, especially when we feel we are being displaced or maybe even replaced. In this movie, it happens when the birthday gifts are open and Woody is feeling a little bit replaced. He's afraid he has lost his position. He has lost his security. His fear of being displaced replaces his faith in Andy and worry dominates his life. He becomes irritable and hard to live with and even a little territorial. The worship for his owner that was once pouring out of his mouth, a confidence in Andy a few moments ago has now been replaced by anxiety and worry and envy. And you will notice a very critical spirit. Worry replaced worship. How do you deal with change? When unexpected change comes into your life, do you run to your owner, your heavenly father, and find security and hope in worship? Or are you more like Woody? Is your worship drowned out with worry? Worry is driven by fear of the unknown, a loss of security. And ultimately, worry is the symptom of distrust in the love and care and the plan of your Heavenly Father. Worship becomes real when it is driven by a sense of security of knowing whose we are. A true sense of belonging, knowing who we belong to. Belonging to an owner who has promised to never let go brings a peace to those of us who have been abandoned, lied to, and walked out on. Even though Woody makes these statements about Andy being in control at the staff meeting, we're about to learn that he has deeper control issues than he would like to admit At the birthday party, the real change and replacing is about to happen. Friends bring in new toys that are unwrapped and open. And one particular toy catches Andy's attention. He has more bells and whistles and he's new. And the kids storm through the house. They push all the old toys to the side. Woody falls off underneath the bed. The bed was his. It was his bed. But now he's underneath the bed. He's lost his place of prominence to this new toy that has invaded his space. No readout yet if the air is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry. Howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. And also, there has been a bit of a mix-up. This is my spot. See, the bed here? Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My ship has crash-landed here by mistake. 
Yes, it is a mistake, because you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion? Well, let's see. Uh, we got double A's. <gasps> Watch yourself. Miles, who goes there? Don't shoot. It's okay. Friends. Do you know these life forms? Yes. They're Andy's toys. All right, everyone. You're clear to come up. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Oh, I'm so glad you're not a dinosaur. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, thank you all for your kind welcome. Say, what's that button do? I'll show you. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Oh. Hey, Woody's got something like that. His is a pool strike. Only it. Only it sounds like a car ran over it. Oh, yeah, but not like this one. This is a quality sound system. Probably all copper wiring, huh? Woody is feeling replaced, and when compared to Buzz as a newer toy, he doesn't stack up. You've probably been replaced or felt displaced or threatened at some point in your life. Whether you're a middle school student, a corporate executive, or a stay-at-home mom, there are times when we have all questioned our owner. Times when, like Woody, we get knocked off of our bed or out of our place of security and comfort and we wonder what God's up to. In the Old Testament, there was a man named Job that experienced some of the same emotions that Woody felt. We pick up on Job's story in the 16th chapter, right about the time his life is starting to unravel. Unexpected change enters into his life. Job has lost his health. He has lost some of his finances. Much of them, they're about all gone. He's lost some of his children. They have unexpectedly died. He's trying to adjust to tragedy and still be faithful to his owner at the same time, even though he can't understand or explain why he is suffering like he is. And it's really taken its toll on Job. Job 16 and 7 says, Surely, God, you have worn me out. You've devastated my entire household. Job goes on to say in verse 12, All was well with me, but he shattered me. He seized me by the neck and crushed me. Chapter 17, verse 1, My spirit is broken. My days are cut short. The grave awaits me. Verse 11 of that same chapter, my days have passed, my plans are shattered. Job says, there was a time when I had power, I had respect, but it's all gone, and I'm having a hard time trying to carry on. At this point, Job's life was much like what is described in part of the theme song of the movie, when Woody is going through replacement, displacement, tragedy, and feeling threatened Strange things are happening to me. I'm still Andy's favorite toy. I'm on top of the world living high. Right in my pocket. <laughs> I was living the life. Things were just the way they should be. With the mind of the sky like a bomb comes some little fucking rocket. Some strange things are happening to me. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue! Strange things are happening to me. Strange things. Strange things are happening to me. Got about it.
Sheriff Woody's owner, Andy, was not taking care of him the way Woody thought he should, or at least not like he used to take care of him. Woody wasn't feeling very good about their relationship anymore. And you've probably been at that place where you didn't feel like God was taking care of you like he used to. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up anymore. He sure seems to be taking care of so-and-so over here a lot better than he's taking care of you. And every time you turn around, they're blessed and their blessings only highlight the apparent lack of blessings in your life. The comparison sets in. There was a time when you were confident about your place in life and your place in God, but that has changed. Anxiety has set in and you're wondering why God is focused on everyone else but you. And maybe you identify with the emotions of a make-believe animated character more so than you ever thought you would. Job's wife sure did. It all changed in her life and Job's life. Things began to be stripped away from them. And listen to what she tells her husband when it feels like their owner has betrayed them. Job 2 and verse 9. He said, His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Are you keeping your faith? Are you still going to trust him? Curse God and die, she says. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Job says, just trust him. We may understand why we're going through what we're going through, where he's gone or what's happening in our life, but we have to try to trust him. If we're going to be truthful and not fake our spirituality this morning, we can probably understand the sentiment of Job's wife more than we would like to admit. Because we've all had those moments where we doubted God. We questioned our owner. We started to question whether or not he really had our best interest in mind. What are you doing, God? Where have you been? We've all been there. And if you haven't been, you will be at some point in your life. So I want you to listen closely to what I'm about to say. Lean in close and pay special attention because regardless of how Woody felt on the inside, whatever emotion was going through him, and regardless of whatever activity he saw or maybe lack of activity that he didn't see, Woody was still Andy's toy. Looks as though I've been accepted into your culture. Your chief, Andy, inscribed his name on me. Wow! With permanent ink, too! Well... I must get back to repairing my ship. Don't let it get to you, Woody. Uh, let what? I don't, uh, what do you mean? Who? I know Andy's excited about Buzz, but you know, he'll always have a special place for you. Yeah, like the attic. (laughs) It's interesting, Woody still had Andy's name written on the bottom of his boot. Nothing had changed, absolutely nothing had changed internally, but Woody began to judge the character of his owner by what he was seeing around him or by the lack of activity he wasn't seeing around him. Some of us question God the most when he is still. Because we assume that when he is silent, he is also still. And we misunderstand his silence. And we misunderstand his stillness. And it brings us to a place of doubting him. Maybe Woody's feelings of insecurity stem from the fact that his owner is an adolescent boy incapable of loving and focusing on more than one thing at a time. We look at this and understand those feelings. Woody's owner was a boy. But why do we treat God like he's 
Andy. Why do we treat God like he's a little boy? Our owner is not a whimsical adolescent boy that loses interest and moves on to someone newer and a little flashier. The scripture says that you are the apple of God's eye, that he has placed his fingerprints on you, that he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The scripture promises us that the character of God is very passionate about you. Your owner is desperately in love with you. Woody was walking by sight at this point, not by faith. When the circumstances of change came his way and the unpredictable nature of life happened the way it often does, Woody was unable to trust his owner. He was unable to maintain peace in his soul. It was not well with Woody's soul. And in time, Woody's faith in Andy started to fade. When unexplainable things happen to us, the default setting of the human heart is to reach back to the past. You saw in the beginning of the clip a moment ago where Woody started romanticizing the days before Buzz got there and then it all changed. We romanticize the past to the point we make it actually better than it ever was and we call it the good old days when in reality Being displaced or going through a season of unexpected change is a matter of perspective. Up to this point, we've been looking at it all through Woody's lenses, negative lenses, but not all change is bad. What if we looked at these moments in our life when we felt threatened or change came our way through a different set of lenses and saw them as an opportunity to show God our true level of trust in Him, to show Him worship instead of worry. An unwavering trust in our owner will allow that to happen. When you have that unwavering trust in God, you know there are going to be moments when you cannot track Him, you cannot explain why He's doing what He's doing, or why he's not doing what you want him to do. You don't know exactly where he's gone and why he's silent and still, but somewhere in the deep recesses of your soul, you know that you know that you can trust him. Job followed the path of Woody. He listened to his wife. Even though we preach about Job's response immediately after his wife's critique, As a statement of faith, if you read through the book of Job, you know that Job eventually doubted God, slipped into a season of despondency. He listened to his friends. He became hurt, envious, and jealous. He began to compare what God was not doing in his life to what God was doing in other people's life. Mistrust and despondency took control of him. And it can happen to all of us. When tragedy strikes or sudden misunderstandings come into our life, we can follow the biblical pattern of Job or the animated character of Sheriff Woody. And we find ourselves in seasons of despondency because of worry and distrust in our owner. It not only can destroy our own lives, but it destroys the lives of people around us. And when we slip into those moments of despondency because of worry and distrust in our owner, it looks a little like this unidirectional bonding strip Mr. Lightyear wants more tea listen light snack you stay away from Andy he's mine and no one is taking him away from me that's what it looks like and this is what it leads to this packing makes me hungry. What would you say to dinner at, uh, Pizza Planet? Pizza Planet? Oh, cool! Go wash your hands and don't get mold.
Molly ready? Can I bring some toys? You can bring one toy. Just one? One toy? Trouble? Where? Down there. Just down there. A helpless toy. It's, it's, he's trapped, Buzz. Then we've no time to lose. I don't see anything. Uh, he's there. Just, just keep looking at the Sheriff Woody set into motion a chain of events that became devastating to him and everybody connected to his life. And we often do the same. The minute he tried to take back control of things he should have never been controlling in the first place, devastation set in. We start to control things at home or at work or even in our church relationships. Things that God is supposed to be working on. When we take them back and try to control them, we fracture them. We've often prayed for God to come in and deal with that situation or deal with that relationship. And there's even been moments where we sensed a peace that God was doing something about it. But somewhere along the way, he wasn't doing it as fast as we wanted him to. And maybe not with words, but with our actions, we said to him, if you're not going to do something about us, about this, I will. And we take the reins back. And in the wake of our pride and distrust in God is a path of broken relationships infected with hurt and bitterness and resentment. Something was very interesting to me in reading through the Sermon on the Mount this week. The very last statements in one of the most prominent sermons preached in the history of humanity. The very last point Jesus makes in that sermon is about control. His parting words were about who's really in charge of your life. It's in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. You can read it later. It's the story of a wise man who built his house upon the rock. He established everything about his life on a sure foundation. His hopes, his security, his trust was in the rock. The storms came and his house and his life stood firm. And then Jesus says, anyone who hears these words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. He is a man who didn't trust what the owner said. He wanted to do it his own way. And when the storms of life came, he was devastated. He lost everything. It's a story about control. The first man's life and security was anchored to the rock. The rock was in charge of his life. The second man did it his own way. He was in charge and it ended in devastation. There's something even more interesting. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount, you will find preceding this story, just a few verses about control, Jesus teaches about worry. I believe it was intentional. I don't believe it was coincidental 
that he connects the two topics because the presence of worry in your life is always connected to your struggle of who's in control, of who's really in charge. Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So who is really in charge? I mean really. Not just what we say in our spiritual speak or what we're willing to show on Sundays. But at the end of the day and you cut through all of the smoke, who's really in charge of your life? Regardless of what we say or what we portray with our religious mask, if our life is riddled with worry, then God is not really in control. We say He is, but what has really happened, He has become our toy and we have attempted to become His owner. What we're really talking about today is authentic surrender. Who gets the final say in my life? Who determines how I respond when unfortunate circumstances come my way? Whose name is written on the bottom of my boot? Woody's control issues and his insecurity and distrust set into motion a chain of events. And he actually ended up in the far country. He had a prodigal son moment. He was outside the safety of Andy's room. You watch the movie, Buzz falls out the window, and there's this whole journey of trying to follow after Buzz that leads them in this far country experience. But the good news is, like the prodigal son, Woody came to his senses. And my hope and prayer for all of us today is that we would come to our senses. Some of us for the very first time would have an authentic moment of surrender where we give total control of our lives over to God. For the rest of us, we need to reevaluate a commitment that we have made to him some point in the past. Was it just words that came out of our mouth or does our trust in him on a daily basis reveal it was more than words It was the reflection of our heart. I challenge you today to surrender your life to him. Like right now. Declare with everything in you. God, I am yours. You are in charge. I give you complete control of my life. I surrender. As a covenant of belonging, Woody had Andy's name inscribed on the bottom of his boot. And I wonder if today as a community of faith, we could have a collective moment of authentic surrender where we declare our surrender in a very tangible way and give our lives back to the one who gave us life in the first place. I wish I had several hundred um, magic markers that were permanent that I could pass around this morning so you could all do what I did before I came in this morning. And I wrote God's on the bottom of my boot As a tangible expression, God, I surrender. I belong to you, and in my belonging is security, and in my security is trust. And when I trust, worry gives way to worship. I want to challenge you today to let your life be centered around your belonging to Him. When Woody got very honest with himself, There's a point in the movie where he almost apologizes or repents to Buzz. And he has this moment of self-awareness. He came to his senses. 
And through a series of events, he winds up back in the possession of Andy. And by the end of the movie, they're all safely at home where they belong. I want to sing that last worship song I told you we were going to sing before we left. It says, you have me. You have me. Would you stand with me? I want, I want this to be an authentic moment of surrender. I don't have a magic marker for you to write God's on the bottom of your boot or your shoe today. But this is a moment when you ask yourself the question, who's really in charge of my life? And this is an opportunity, whether for the first time or a recommitment. God, I've been worrying more than I've been worshiping. And that reveals that I say you're in control with my lips, but I act like I'm, I'm doing it my own way. I'm building my house upon the sand and that leads to destruction. It's going to hurt me and hurt everybody else like it did with Woody, like it did with Job. If you read the rest of Job's story, Job came back around too. And Job 42 and 10 tells me that God gave Job back more in the second half of his life. He prospered him and favored him with kids and herds and livestock and finances more than ever because things kind of start aligning when there's a sense of belonging that leads to security, that leads to trust, that leads to worship. A sense of not belonging leads to insecurity, leads to a lot of distrust, leads to a lot of worry. Woody came to his senses. Job had an awakening, confessed faith in the middle of unspeakable tragedy because he learned to trust his owner in the good times and the bad times. I want to read a scripture for you before we sing this declaration of surrender to God. In 2 Corinthians 1.21, Paul said this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership, there's belonging, upon us. He put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. There's security in knowing whose you are. Will you surrender today? Come on, sing this to him as an authentic moment of surrender. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I'm yours I am forever yours. Thank you, Father. Mountain high and valley low. I sing out and remind my soul. I am yours. I am forever yours. Love came down and rescued me.
this is where you quit trying and start trusting. You have me. Yes, you have me. You have me. The good, the bad, the sin, you the righteousness, all of it. My heart complete. I want to trust you. You have me. Change my worry into worship. You available this morning I want to speak a blessing over your life today as we conclude this service I want to challenge you today if you need to talk to somebody about your relationship with God you want somebody to pray with you maybe you're a prodigal and you need to come home or maybe there's storms that are raging in your life and one of the things the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about is to let somebody come with you in a prayer of agreement that you trust him and worship through the chaos instead of worry whatever the situation is you need prayer for there are people available for you today to apply this word to your heart Haley and I are going to join you in the back for any of you that are first time guests or you've been coming a while and we haven't had a chance to connect but let me promise you if God's dealing with you about applying this word to your heart this stop is the most important stop of the day We'll be there waiting. If you have a chance to come by, we'd love to greet you. So, Father, will you bless them and keep them? Will you make your face shine down upon them? Will you be gracious to them? Turn your countenance their direction, Lord, and give them peace. And that peace, Lord, comes from knowing whose we are. Belonging, which leads to security. Security leads to trust. And trust leads to worship. Lead us in that path of trusting you, your ownership of our lives, your sovereign control of the good and the bad. Father, we surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open. God bless you.